Welcome back to the Tasty Morsels of Critical Care podcast. If you were tuning in to try and pick up some core exam level content, then this is probably not it. However, it is what came up in my non-random semi-alphabetical by system troll through my notes that forms the basis for the order that I write these in. We're going to spend five minutes on chemo agents in the intensive care unit, and this is taken um, from the roughly hewn stone tablet of O chapter 46 on solid tumours in intensive care. This is perhaps not something that will be top of the list in exams, and certainly for clinical practice you're not going to be prescribing any of these agents. However, a passing familiarity with some of the commoner ones, or at least the ones that are more likely to run the risk of an ICU admission, is probably worthwhile. Table 46.1 has a table in it that covers two pages of scrolling in my browser and includes many drugs that I have either never heard of or can't pronounce or both. Thankfully, the next segment in the chapter has a much smaller selection of specific chemo-induced toxicities and we'll try and cover at least that much today. So first up on the list, bleomycin-induced lung injury. Bleomycin is actually an antimicrobial used in a variety of uh, head, neck and gynae tumours and Hodgkin's disease. The pneumonitis that can occur with it can occur in up to 40%, though it is worth mentioning that the corresponding up-to-date article on this topic puts it more like 15%, and this pneumonitis can be fatal. There is generation of oxygen-free radicals with corresponding fibrosing alveolitis that is actually worsened with oxygen administration. And so if this sounds familiar, then the insecticide Paraquat does a very similar thing, but is, I suspect, much less useful in treating cancer. In terms of treatment, it seems that just like ARDS, the terms fibrosing, alveolitis and high-dose pulsed methylpred are inextricably connected. Second on our list is iphosphamide-related neurotoxicity. Iphosphamide is an alkylating agent used in a broad range of tumours and is well known for causing an encephalopathy in 10-20% to of patients. It is a diagnosis of context and exclusion of other diagnoses. I have heard it discussed, um, if not diagnosed on several occasions by oncologists with patients in the ICU, and one was even given methylene blue, which is a somewhat established antidote of sorts, working through some kind of MAO uh, mechanism. However, it turns out that the guidelines from the European Society for Medical Oncology specifically recommend against giving methylene blue. So maybe just forget that I've said that and instead cite those guidelines in opposition to any oncologist wandering into your ICU with hands full of little blue vials. Coming in at number three is anthracycline-related cardiomyopathy. So there are a number of drugs in this category, all ending in rubicin, and they seem to be used fairly widely. And there are two parts to this. Firstly, there can be an acute cardiomyopathy, sometimes with arrhythmias that happens early, and secondly, a more chronic cardiomyopathy that can happen months or even years after the drug has been given. The mechanism has too many proposed options to be memorable here, but reactive oxygen species seem to have at least some role. Last and by no means least are the immunotherapy agents. So this is this is chemo gym, but not as we know it. And melanoma appears to be the poster child for the agents here. There seem to be a broad variety of agents and mechanisms that fall under the term immunotherapy. But the checkpoint inhibitors are probably the most well known. The immune system has various checkpoints as such to stop the cellular militia getting too carried away. The checkpoint inhibitors effectively remove these checkpoints and let the immune system go wild on whatever foreign tumour antigen it can get its hands on. So mechanistically, this is genius as a therapy, but as you can imagine, there can be a few issues with getting the genie back in the bottle. This can affect all kinds of body systems and is best summarised in an excellent uh, internet book of critical care post by Josh Farkas that you can find linked to in the show notes. And if this podcast does nothing but direct you to better resources, then I consider it five minutes well spent. Thanks again for listening and until next time.